Welcome to Tangents, where we talk about everything and anything. You can reach me at tangentsexpressed at gmail.com or via Twitter at tangentsreveal. Also, you can read my articles on Medium under Antonio Villanueva and check the brand spanking new channel on YouTube also under Antonio Villanueva that's V-I-L-L-A-N-U-E-V-A today I want to talk about a lighter subject a lighter topic but something I hold very dear to my heart basketball more specifically the NBA playoffs more specifically Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James legacies. Now, full disclosure, I am a Kobe fan. Kobe fan to the max. Grew up watching Kobe Bryant from the time I was about 11 years old all the way up to 31, 32 years, 31 and I followed his entire trajectory from the time where he was a uh, young, skinny guy playing on the Lakers, airballing in the playoffs against the Jazz. I just knew, I just knew he had something that I liked. I just knew for whatever reason I was going to follow his career and five championships, 15 seasons in the playoffs. The stats are illustrious, Hall of Famer, top two or three guard of all time. And the debate now is whether LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. LeBron James, he that of three championships and counting, eight straight finals appearances now, now that he eliminated the young, underhanded, Boston Celtics. Listen. People forget. People have so much recency bias. Our culture is predicated on recency bias. What have you done for me lately, culture? And that's fine because otherwise there's no progress. But when it comes to sports... Legacy matters. Legacy matters. So, yes, LeBron James stats averages are slightly better than Kobe Bryant's. His stats in elimination games are better. His stats in game sevens are better. Uh... But what we need to see 
is that context matters. Okay, Kobe is a shoot-first guy. That's how he would destroy teams, by scoring. LeBron James is the... Though I must admit, he is getting much better at closing out games. He is a playmaker first. Get what I'm saying? So, in an elimination game, a game seven game, what we need to understand... Is that Kobe Bryant is going to be defended by making him a passer, by swarming him. Okay, they know he wants to shoot. They know he wants to take the last shot. They know that Kobe Bryant wanted to put a dagger in the heart of teams. LeBron James, on the other hand, They know he's a playmaker. If he makes plays for the rest of the players on his team, his team always has a shot. So in elimination games, it's only natural for teams to want LeBron to take shots, more shots. Because they know innately that's not his instinct. He wants to create and facilitate. Now, LeBron James, okay, we need to stop acting like these eight championships in a row have no context, okay? First of all, his first two championships, he had a swath of players he could count on. Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade still in his prime. Chris Bosh, you know, at the beginning of this new basketball era in which the new power forward and center shoots threes and can play on the perimeter. Okay, Chris Bosh paved the way like Lamar Odom before him paved the way for these new types of power forwards and centers. Okay, so it's not like LeBron carried the load on the heat. He's a phenomenal player, phenomenal playmaker, but he had Hall of Famers for that first championship, okay? Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Right now, Chris might not make the uh, Hall of Fame, but nonetheless, he had a phenomenal team, okay? We need to stop acting like he carried the load. Yes, he was their best player, but he didn't carry the load. Okay, so his first two championships, he has these, these guys with the Beatles, the Heat. Heatles. Then goes to Boston. I mean, I'm sorry. Goes back to Cleveland. And he teams up with another pair of phenomenal players. 
First of all, Kevin Love was averaging double-doubles his entire career with the Minnesota Timberwolves. A big guy that can post and shoot threes. Phenomenal rebounder. Fantastic player. Kyrie Irving, if his trajectory continues as it is going, guaranteed Hall of Famer. One of the better dribblers the NBA has ever seen. One of the more creative offensive players the game has seen in the last decade or so. For his size, the shots that he can get in the paint and the shots that he can make in crunch time. Listen. Listen. LeBron James would not have had a third championship without Kyrie Irving. Game 7 on that incredible comeback. Game 7 in that series versus the Warriors. When they make that incredible comeback. Down 3-1. When Draymond Green gets suspended. Gets baited into a suspension. But that's neither here nor there. I applaud LeBron for his gamesmanship there. But like I said, Kyrie Irving was the one with the cojones in game seven hitting the big shots. Big shot after big shot. But hey, LeBron did all the grunt work. Rebounds, blocks, steals in that game seven. But the shots that mattered to put the dagger in the Warriors, that was Kyrie Irving. So, that's LeBron James championships in a nutshell. Now, Jordan, of course, he had a Hall of Famer in Scottie Pippen, probably the best perimeter defender besides Jordan in the league so of course he didn't do it all by himself but six championships and six final appearances that my friends is nothing short of phenomenal and then you add On top of that, the fact that he didn't even get tested in the finals. Never even had to go to a game seven in the finals. That is a killer instinct. That is really taking your entire team to the next level. Now, Kobe Bryant, of course, first three championships... He had big shot Robert Ory. And he had one of the top three or four centers of all time in Shaquille O'Neal. But that first championship, that first finals, Kobe absolutely handled, handled 
a veteran, experienced Pacers team. Especially when they went into Indiana and Shaquille O'Neal fouled out. Kobe took over the game, shot after shot, said to Shaquille O'Neal, I got this, and had it, he did. Then, me being the biggest Kobe fan ever, I was devastated. I was shattered. When the star-studded Lakers with Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Shaq, and Kobe were defeated handedly by the Detroit Pistons. That was soul-shattering because I always figured that Kobe getting to the finals and winning them would not be a problem. So he showed his mortality there. Then in his second, in the second phase of his career, under the number 24, Kobe Bryant gets to the finals again. With Paul Gasol, a very fundamentally sound center, not very gritty, but very fundamentally sound center, and Lamar Odom, one of the most versatile players to ever play in the NBA. Unfortunately, his career was cut short by addiction and extracurricular activity. Nonetheless, Lamar Odom is one of the most versatile players the game has ever seen. 6'11", almost 7 foot. Could shoot the three. Dribbled like a guard. Incredible rebounder. Could handle the ball in transition. They get to the finals and then once again Kobe is defeated. And this time for the arch enemy, Boston Celtics, who had three Hall of Famers plus a great bench. And then that was that. But finally, he comes back, actually defeats Orlando. Defeats Orlando, gets his fourth championship, Kobe does. And I start believing again. I start believing that Kobe's finally going to overtake Michael Jordan. He's going to get eight championships and... It's going to be a fantastic ride off into the sunset. Meets Boston. Gets to a game seven versus Boston. Has a horribly 
terrible offensive game seven versus Boston, but does have about 15 plus rebounds, does all the other stuff he had to do, does all the dirty work, quote unquote. They win game seven. Kobe gets his fifth championship. And then after that, the injuries start piling up. For Kobe, for Gasol, Lamar's extracurricular activity starts to hurt the team. Actually, I'm not quite sure. I think they traded him. They traded Lamar. Or they didn't re-sign him. I'm not quite sure at this moment in time. I needed to do a little bit more research. But it's a fuzzy uh, it's a fuzzy era now. Because I hold on to the wins. I hold on to the championships. Okay, so Kobe absolutely dominated. Was the number one player in the league from about 99... Number at least at the very least the number one perimeter player in the league from about '99 to his la- to the year of his last championship. So LeBron James shouldn't be considered better than Michael Jordan when he still doesn't have a. The same amount of championships as Kobe Bryant. I hear the argument already. But his stats are better. Well, the stat that matters isn't better. Okay. Peyton Manning's stats were phenomenal. But who would say that he was better and Tom Brady, who's still playing at an incredible level. Okay? The rings matter. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. It's just like the great teams that play phenomenal seasons only to get to the playoffs and get knocked off. Yeah, the stats matter. Okay, the stats matter. But at the end of the day... What matters is that hardware, the trophies, the championships. Okay? You can say whatever you want to say. The championships, the rings. is the only measuring stick. Now... I do want to say LeBron James, I used to hate this man. Not literally, you know, but since he was the one that people poised as the uh, heir to Michael Jordan, it pissed me off that they would just bypass Kobe Bryant's career like his five championships. His domination of the league didn't matter. But I have to admit that LeBron James' game has impressed me these last couple of years. Especially this year in 2018, his finesse, 
and stroke of a jump shot is so improved, so, so improved that I just have to respect the work he has put in because it's obvious that he put in the work. He no longer just bull rushes to the to the basket. He can finish with finesse around the basket. Uses the glass with finesse. He understood that if he just bull rushed to the basket, his stamina was going to take a hit at the end of the game. So his jumper is much better. His three-point shot, his three-point shooting is way better. And I have to admit, his game right now has absolutely no flaws. No flaws. Plus, his playmaking ability, his passing is absolutely otherworldly. It's no mistake when shooters that play with LeBron have big games. LeBron gets the ball to players in their sweet spot. And not only in their sweet spot, he gets the ball to players with perfect timing. He's not passing the ball at the end of the shot clock and forcing his teammates to rush the shot. He's getting them good, wide open shots, knows when to make the pass, who to make the pass to. And that is a valuable, valuable, valuable asset and intangible that you can't really teach. His basketball IQ is through the roof. LeBron James' basketball IQ is through the roof. And like I said, I'm the number one Kobe fan, number one Kobe Kobe defender, but the one thing that I always held against my man Kobe was the fact that he could easily have averaged 10 assists. Easily could have averaged 10 assists, but that just wasn't in his DNA. He wanted to score 70 and beat you. That's just that's just how Kobe operated. That's just Kobe's MO. So I kind of do hold that against my man Kobe. But I can't blame him for being a guy with the killer instinct. Because a lot of players fiend. They fiend like they... They have that killer instinct, like they want the ball at the end of the game. But a lot of players, when it comes down to it, the last second shot, that last play, they shrivel. They shrivel in the moment. But that's neither here nor there. I came here to say that uh, I actually respect LeBron's improvement, believe it or not, in his 15th season. 
the finesse in his game is now remarkable. And, and truly, he's an inspiration. I went from a hater to actually admiring this guy. And his legacy is still ongoing. So who, who knows, you know, if he gets to play another five years, another three or four championships. There's no way you can't consider him the best in the world after that. You know what I mean? So the ongoing debate is fun. The stats are the stats, but the championships are the championships. And at the end of the day, you can be the best worker, you can be the most, you can be the nicest entrepreneur, the nicest boss, the nicest owner. But in reality, what's the scorecard when it comes to entrepreneurship? Millions, money. That's all it is. I mean, yes, a lot of entrepreneurs are in it to help people. And they think of their business in that manner. But the scorecard is the scorecard. Championships are the championships. And it can't be denied.